this week's episode, or today's episode of D2C Coffee Shop, episode eight. Today we got Cody and Robbo. We're going to be covering Build to Scale plus Facebook 2022 ad predictions. Also, our favorite DDC brands, as always, maybe a little bit of account structure stuff. Cody dropped this great newsletter the whole world's been talking about. And Raba, of course, CMO of Triple Whale, which is basically the prettiest girl at the ball for anybody on Shopify. Check that out. Please do not be afraid to subscribe so you don't miss any of these episodes. Give these guys a follow. Go check out the brands that we talk about. And if you're listening on podcasts, go ahead and subscribe. Leave a five-star review. It means so much because that allows the system to see that more people like us, which means we get more people to see this so we can make sure that more people have more success and less stress in 2022 because this can absolutely be 100% your best year ever. And with that, no further delay, let's bring on the first guest to the show, Brand new to DDC uh, Coffee Shop, Mr. Cody Plotzker. How are you doing, man? That was impressive. You got the pronunciation right. Most people don't get that. Doing oh, well. Yeah, I grew up on the East Coast. I spent some time in Europe. I got you. I know how things go. Oh, nice, nice, nice. I'm doing well. Pretty tired. End of the day here, but can't complain. Ready, ready for this year. I love it, man. So tell people just a little bit about who you are if they don't already follow you on Twitter, which you should shame on you if you're not following on Twitter. Give that I'll man a follow. It. Thank you. Thank you. I'll keep it super brief. So my name is Cody. I am director of e-commerce at Jones Road Beauty. We are a clean bootstrapped uh, beauty brand. So makeup and cosmetics brand. And I'm director of e-commerce. So I run all of or manage all of our you know, acquisition, all of our paid social um oversee retention, manage all of our e-commerce right now. It's a, it's a pretty lean team. So got my hand in a little bit of everything, but we're, we're growing, looking to, had a great first year, looking to double our biz in, in year two. Uh, so pretty excited for it. That's, that's awesome, man. Um, I, I'm super excited. I definitely want to get more of that. I've been following the thing and you've been, you've been hiring other awesome studs from Twitter. Like this has yeah, been, we're trying. it's been pretty cool. You guys, I love, you're, you're making jobs, man. Making the world a better place, making people <laughs> look pretty. And uh, giving people some paychecks. That is about as beautiful as it gets, I got to tell you. And trying somebody, to have some fun while doing it. Right. You got to have fun while doing it. Well, somebody I know that loves to have fun, who I still would like to get a boosted board from, but I don't know if I'm ever going to see one. This is Raba, everybody, CMO of Triple Whale. And hey. uh, what's up with the boosted boards, by the way, Raba? I, I, I got to get my hands on one of these. Yeah, definitely a death trap. Actually, really interesting. They got, uh, I don't know, a few years ago. So it was super founder-led, really cool story. Um, and then a few years ago, they kind of got upside down because they tried to make um, a scooter. So I don't know if you saw their really cool scooter. It was really dope. Horrible economics, horrible play. Um, yeah, terrible. So super fucked the company. The founder basically got pushed out. They got a bunch of private equity money came in. And so it's kind of a shell of itself right now, but but still really fun toy. <laughs> that took a negative turn. It's still a really fun toy. Uh, I love it uh, and super fun. I'm not. There's also kind of the uh, one wheel cruise. Not super into those for some reason. I don't know why. I'm sure they're probably the same level of danger, but I like my longboard. I hear you, man. I'm I'm a longboard guy myself. I'm trying to get in the next week or two. I'm going to try to get my new doodle puppy. He's about a year old to tow me on my longboard. That's awesome. Oh, that's the path. <laughs> uh, I used to have I used to have two bulldogs when I lived in Florida where it's flat everywhere. And I could get them to do a laps around my neighborhood. Uh, it was like maybe a quarter mile or whatever, but they would do like two, three laps and just chase it. And I could like carve and go left and right. The only trick was if my board got into the peripheral vision of my older bulldog, she would attack the board and stop running. So I would like... 
just eat it immediately. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm hoping the uh, I'm hoping the Goldie, I'm hoping Bark. His name is Barkley. Uh, I hope he he does really cute. That. Yeah, he's really, he's really cute. Yes. Everything's gonna end up some sort of poodle mix. Those damn things are cute. <laughs> oh my god! I, like I literally in L.A. now. Like I just shout it out when I see it. it's like doodle, doodle, yeah. and it's it's like you can't go to the store. Like they're in just Austin. they're just the hot they're thing. They're everywhere. Man. They're the hot yeah. thing. They're the hot yeah, thing. Yeah, in Austin. Hello, uh, yeah. I mean, they're 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 beautiful. So with that. Uh, wonderful intro to Doodle to, and, and all sorts of fun things. By the way, if you guys have dogs, I, I'd love to know um, if you guys have any. And if anybody watching this stuff, if anybody's got dogs, let me know. I have a rescue and a doodle that I'm rehoming from somebody else. So they're both rescues. Uh, I just happened to rescue like somebody from like Redwood City. So it was like a millionaire family from San Francisco that was going to put their golden doodle in the pound because that's what San Francisco is these days. Uh, but, you know, whatever. We're here now and that's a beautiful thing. Um, what I would love to get into today to start off with, I would love to get into the concept of building to scale. And, and, and one of the reasons I want to do that is Cody, you, you, you get kicked off the new year with what basically hit Twitter like wildfire. Between you and Barry Hot, I saw the, the most height uh, drops. And Ash is a close third, but Barry, it was like his first drop. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I, I really love this idea. So I want to open the floor a little bit to you on this about the idea of building an account to scale a brand versus just trying to make your ROAS look good and as Raba used to always say at the end of our old podcast, The Porch, you are not your row. The Porch. TVT. There you go. Uh, but yeah, Cody, so I would love to know some of your thoughts on the concept of trying to build to scale and maybe give a little summar summarization of like what it is that this dope newsletter, but by the way, I'll link the newsletter in the description so you get appreciate more. That, appreciate so please that. Do that. Let's please it. do that. It's brand new, but we got good feedback on it so far. So I appreciate you got that. feedback from me, man. I love it. So Thank you. walk us through some of this kind of stuff, man, because I think it is fundamental in a mindset for people to really understand yes. the difference between trying to make Facebook look good and trying to build a brand and scale your business. Sure, sure, sure. So there's so many places I, I could start with that, I, I feel like. But I think the first thing I'll say is, like, my, my background is – not from the brand side and like i was i mean you know let's just say like freelancer side and single channel focus helping people with their facebook ads and i was so myopic and i thought i knew everything and was was right about everything and, and granted this was like three years ago when like you could build a brand on facebook right you can't yes. do that anymore obviously so with that being said um there's so many things that you need to do to build a really successful brand. And Facebook is probably out of 10 things. It, it might be number seven, you know, it, it totally depends. So we're having, you know, incredible success or luck with our ads and our overall, you know, growth, but Facebook ads are not the thing that's doing it. They're not the thing that's growing the business. They're just supporting it. So, I mean, number one build to scale is like, your offer is the most important thing. Like you can't out media buy, out hack, out do anything to your offer. Again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but that's everybody. If you have a good offer, you should be getting organic traffic and growing organic traffic. If you don't, so 
I used to like, like if I was to launch a brand, I would start with Facebook right away because it's just so easy and it's cheap enough. You just can't do that anymore. It, it's too expensive. It's too difficult. So you've got to be able to actually have like solid business fundamentals. So that's the most important thing is like have your proper margins, have LTV, you know, have repeat purchase rates, have organic traffic. And if you don't have that, don't mess with Facebook ads. You can't scale until you've got that stuff. I love that. I mean, what I'm hearing out of that, that that I totally love and agree with is two things. One, you can't media buy your way out of a shit offer. Totally. You can't throw enough money at disrespecting your customer to be profitable. It just doesn't work like that anymore. Uh, and, And for what it's worth, like I was doing, what you were talking about like three years ago, D to C stuff. Like that was me like six, seven years ago. Like I, I was doing yeah, crazy shit. Like I got out of the game basically around 2018, 2019 in, in, in that type of thing for that exact reason. But you, you, it used to work. You used to yeah, to it, it totally worked. And, and, and I would say it still can. But the offer has to be there. The facet, all the business has to be there. But it, it works on the other thing that you said. Paid media should be thought of as an amplification of a good business. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a good business, no amount of money you spend. Like I used to tell people this years and years and years ago before like, I got into a fight with somebody in the ad leaks in 2016, 2017, they booted me from platinum and Mm -hmm. didn't stop charging me for like a year. That's a whole other thing. And part of what they got mad at me for was me saying that like, your, what I was getting at was, when you are spending money, this person in particular, you are telling everybody that you don't have a good business. And then you are complaining when you lose money. You are investing resources and letting people know that they shouldn't trust you. Like, if you don't have a good business, if you don't have good customer service, you're, it, it's just a fire. Like, Raba and I used to chat about, like, the Silicon Valley money, where it's just, like, the VC, the, the hype, the bubble, right? Like, all, like, and that was a model. Like, we were both involved in throwing money and stuff like that. But I love you're talking about the amplification of good business mm-hmm. stuff. And I love the idea of an offer. And in, in, in the effort to build the scale, let me see what you guys think about this. I think one offer can get you to $2 million a year in spend. Mm-hmm. Two offers can get you to the five to 10 million a year in spend. And that third offer can get you to a million a month. I don't think you need more than that to really push a brand. Now I'm not saying that the brand doesn't want to have more SKUs, go for it. But the You mean like a core prospecting? Core prospecting thing. It is COGS to CAC. And that relationship to LTV. Mm-hmm. My $19 product, I can sell for $35. That customer's worth $135. My look $50 at, product, yeah. I was just going to say, look at Athletic Greens. I, I, obviously, they've raised a lot of money, but I think they're up to you know 100 mil a year uh, at least. And they li- they literally have, I think, one one offer. Now, granted, to, I bet they're go, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, to be fair, that's a subscription business, which most DTC businesses aren't exclusively but, subscription. So like Mudwater is the same so. thing. They right, got the, their fundamentals. They have their LTV. They probably have incredible margins. They have organic traffic. And then they, they're built to scale. So maybe going forward, especially as ad costs rise, maybe you have to be a, a subscription business going forward. Like there's going to be so many more of them. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to be, but maybe are they – 
is it unfair or are they just smart for being a subscription business? I would say this. I think being a subscription business or having repeat customers is fundamental to growth because some people have a product and some people have a brand. Yeah. I will say this also. Ooh, I think on. it I want is... to plant a flag there. Okay. Yeah. Finish your okay. thought, but I didn't mean okay. to cut Okay. You okay. We'll come back to it. I'm going to make one yeah. statement. I'm going to do a mic drop and then it's all you, Rob. Okay. Okay. When you make a sale that has nothing to do with actually acquiring a customer and athletic greens has the acquisition of a customer down mm. versus most people try to make a sale. Oh, yeah, those ooh, are fundamentally yeah, different. That's the Cody. I talked about that. In the that's the Cody P. Yeah, I hear you. Um, okay. So say that a different way that a product, you either have a product or you have a brand. What do you mean by that? Or can you, cause I, I have some thoughts there, but I want to make sure that I'm understanding the thesis before I dive in. Sure. So the idea is a product is something that somebody can buy. And look, you can make a lot of money selling a product. Like the, you know, it, you might have- Fidget spinner. Uh, sure, fidget spinner. Yeah, somebody might buy it once. Or what is that like? The sponge that's the smiley face when it gets cold, it does one thing. When it's hot, it's something else. When it's wet, it's dry. Like- there are these things that are people will use it and they're mm -hmm. generally consumable or they're degradable. So they don't last for a long time. So you might need to get them a couple of times. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's a product you can build. You can build a business around a product, but that's not necessarily a brand. No. For me, a brand allows three things to occur. Number one, emotional attachment on a journey. Yep, Number yep. two, multiple solutions to multiple problems so that you can be integrated into the lifestyle of your customer. Mm -hmm. And number three, institutional knowledge or an unfair advantage in the ecosystem. Most brands do one thing better than everybody else around them or the collection of how they solve problems does better. So Nike is a brand, but really it's Jordan's plus stuff, but that's fine, right? Like, McDonald's is the Big Mac plus a whole bunch of stuff, but that's fine. We know that, but it's not just a single product, right? And I see so many people with Athletic Greens, for instance, they are a product and a brand, but I would say they're far more of a brand because they do have that emotional attachment. They do offer multiple solutions to, to increase the lifestyle thing. Mm -hmm. And they have an institutional unfair advantage in the marketplace because they're basically providing a solution that would not work economically in retail. So because they don't have to pay the markup to the retail the retail outlet, Athletic Greens wouldn't work if they launched in GNC to bring the brand to market. But because it's a D2C brand, their unit economics work in a way where they can be a strong brand. If you don't have those three things, you're going to struggle. And Every, like, I can't tell you how many brands I see every day. I get questions from folks and they're usually missing one, if not two of them. Can you have, so I agree with everything there. So can you have a, uh, great product with, or can you have a great brand without having a great product? Is there any examples of that? Hmm. Um, not, not, not good long-term sustainable ones. What, that, what I would, I would, that's super important. So, I, so what I, I, would be a brand that has shitty products? So I don't want to say shitty, but like not a unique competitive advantage compared to what you can get elsewhere in the market. Um, 
to me, like an, what, what an offer is, and that's why I don't like saying brand or product to me, an offer is kind of the culmination of all of those things. It's, it's what are you selling? It's how you're selling it. And it's who is selling it. Like that's to me, like what an offer is. So you're not selling a product. You're, you're selling an offer, which is part of it. You're getting the physical problem it solves, but you're also getting the promise or the emotional problem it solves, which is the branding. So to me, it's both, but I would say Casper is one that I, that I think of that has, or ha, had, has incredible branding, right? They've got, you know, obviously Red Antler, they're, they're super well-known. They've got great awareness, but you couldn't, I, you, I, you can't really tell me why a Casper is so much better than anything else out there. I've, I've never so, heard that. So let me ask you then, what do you think drives, or um, if you think Casper has a good brand, what, brings you to those insights just because they have an expensive ad agency or like, no, no. So that, cause you said red antler, right? So it's like, what, sure, sure, what sure. does, what, what constitutes why you think that is a good brand? And I'll, I'll land the plane here. I'm just trying yeah, to yeah, yeah, gather yeah. all the, all the uh, perspectives. Cause I love it. Where you're they're, going they're with this. No, it's definitely on. not cause they were, were red antler, but it's, they are, I don't want to say like well-known because to me, it's not just being well-known. You can be well-known and not Purple have a Purple has brand. a much stronger brand than Well, uh, Purple Casper product right. is also a lot better. And the woman running that's, Purple that's is really, a fucking rock star. So that's She's my, a friend of mine. She's amazing. So that's kind of, I, what, so what's she the gave point? me, by the way, full disclosure, she did give me a free California King last time I was in Menlo oh, Park. Get so out of here then. You're biased as fuck. You're bought off. You're shilling mattresses out here. Uh, now, I, I want to hear your the, point, but, but let me, let me okay. try to answer what I think. So yep. what, what makes a good brand then? Right. Or why did you think Casper has a good, when I asked you what yeah, is yeah. a good brand with a bad product, do you agree that Casper has at best an average product, but yeah. yet you still said they had a good brand. And I think to me, that's um, with the way I construct my thoughts a bit, uh, uh, counter to how I think of theses in terms of that where so anyways I'm rambling now but so had, what is they had a good brand they don't anymore but their what, brand was ruined hold on I got it okay. their brand was ruined by having what a what a brand is is equity right what it's I kind of talked about this in the newsletter it's direct response is cash flow brand is equity they had brand equity right people especially if if they're in certain markets would think of Casper, but what, what happened, because the reason why is I think they did a great job storytelling. I think they had a great mission. They wanted to revolutionize sleep. Like they, I think they did a very good job with their marketing and, and their branding and their storytelling about what their mission is. I just don't think that their products lived up to the hype. So I think that same thing, like if you have a good product, but you terrible with your marketing, you're probably going to struggle acquiring customers. If you have an amazing message and you don't have a good product, you can't actually build a sustainable brand. So you need both. Yeah. I mean, that's ultimately where I'm heading with it, where I think it's pretty much impossible to have a great brand without great products. Like I, I yeah. just don't, because the product, especially in the DTC realm. So Casper is weird because mattresses are kind of weird. Um, but uh, small digression. Have you guys ever heard the uh, conspiracy theory of the mattress store is just a money laundering thing? Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, yeah it's yeah. so good. Anyways, oh yeah, of course. You guys are hip. Uh, anyways, my too long didn't read is going back to kind of what Charlie was talking about of this emotional connection of being part of this tribe of solving problems of like building it into your behavior loop. 
with a DTC product, you don't have any advantages of like billboards or somebody coming into your store. Like the most prominent touch point in that brand journey is usually going to be your first purchase. And mm-hmm. if that first purchase sucks, dude, good luck. Like it's yeah. just really challenging to, if you have a really bad rub on the first purchase um, to really gain a really faithful to your point, Cody, not, not, or in Charlie too, not just a sale, but a customer that's really to, to invest and have it become part of their identity. And I just don't I totally agree with you of any brands yeah. that have shitty products. Like at the end of the day, the marketing runs out. Like people will stop lying or people like, Dude, this doesn't work. Yeah. Like this thing sucks or this thing sucks. And like at the I, end of the I day, say, I will say this, Raba, I, I think it is possible to do a cash grab to an exit on hype. That's, and, th- different. and that brand stuff, it's like getting harder. I, guess. I think it's getting harder to w- with ad costs going Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Casper sold for less than their quarterly revenue. Bingo. So, like, a, a negative 0.25 multiple. Like, 100%. Yeah. But to be fair, well, dude, everybody got paid. Like, once you get out, you guys got to remember once you IPO, everybody that had equity got paid. Like, that. Yeah. So, it doesn't matter. Like, Uber, horrible business, but everybody got paid. Like, we work, if it would have made it out, everybody would have got paid. And so, because uh, Cody's point as well, like Dollar Shave Club was literally Facebook arbitrage and a fucking viral video, and everybody there got paid. Dollar Shave Club, yeah. kind of same, same, but different. Um, MVMT, like if those businesses started now, they wouldn't be able no. to build and scale it the way they did because the arbitrage, like ads are either fairly priced now or overpriced, where like yeah. paid media is expensive, where before there was an arbitrage to be had, where it was so underpriced, where you could just be so bad at it. But there was so much margin there that somehow you just hit this machine and money would come out. And now there isn't. Yeah. And so anyway, it's kind of the, to land the plane. I just I have a thesis that I don't I, I think brand stems from product or, or excuse me, brand stems from um, brand touch points and interactions. Right. So I but think those I, aren't the same weight. Those aren't the same. They have different weights like uh, email is going to be so much different. That's one of my other theses is like in the marketing ecosystem. The only place you can really make or break people is in customer service. You can, that's the only touch point. You can either make them into evangelists or they're going to hate you for the rest of your life. You can't do that with an email. You can't do that with paid media. You can't do that with direct um, mail. You can't do that with organic. The only touch point that you can truly make an evangelist or an enemy for life is at the customer service touch point. Yep. And look at Amazon. They won. Not only did that, so... I tried to return. I, I wanted a refund for something on Amazon. Just just quick story. Yesterday, I ordered something. The wife was like, no. I thought I was doing something nice. I missed the boat. Whatever. I was watching Shark Tank. I thought it was cool. I bought the thing on Amazon. It comes. Changed our mind. I go to Amazon and said return. They're like, great. We just gave you your money. Don't send it. Dude. It- so, all right. Can I, can I, can like, I bring like, this full circle? Please. I, I think, and I, I've thought about this, right? So I was at dinner and it was like a really like cozy Italian restaurant. And like, I was with my family and like, we're kind of raving over the restaurant. And what I realized were all their comments were about like the vibe and like the feel there more than the food. And so I had the thought like, cause I'm usually thinking, right. Is it, is it product that people love or is it brand? But I think brand, especially with a DTC company, and this is what I was saying. I don't think brand marketing will continue to exist that much longer DTC. I think you'll have like acquisition and then I think you'll have customer experience. Yeah. I think those will just be the two. 
And let I think me, let me back that up too. But, yeah, well, on, on that. So that also goes into what, what you're talking about, Charlie, with you're not just trying to get a sale. You're trying to acquire a customer for a brand who's buying into that mission, that unique moat. And what you're doing is, is once you acquire them, you obviously have to retain them. And that's what customer experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to that point, like we, we opened up, let me give an example of an extreme case of, and I'll start with this by saying, I think there's room for experts in multiple spots. There'll be some brands that are all experienced that are dog shit at acquisition sure, that sure. are really successful. And I think there are brands that are terrible at customer experience, but can just, they can do customer, like there, there's a room for a lot of people. So a brand that we've already talked about today, that as far as I know is awful, or maybe they might even not even do customer acquisition outside of like organic content. There's two of them. But one of them, the experience is so good that they're easily an eight-figure brand. Who are we talking about? Oscar. So, and again, like, though, what is their media budget? A hundred bucks? Like, I have but, no idea. I've never seen anything from them other than their amazing photography in the journey. But can I push back? Sure. Because, so this is kind of, I guess, but building my thesis for me. So, for people that don't know, um, Last Crumb is these super, super fancy cookies. They're super exclusive. They run off the drop model. So, you can only get them. It's supreme for baked goods. It, that's a perfect example. Like the price points there, the, everything is there. The whole experience is magnificent. Don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. But, Charlie, if the cookie sucked, where would you have landed? Oh, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. So Absolutely. That, well, that's my point is like all yeah. that branding and stuff is fine, but you have to hit the product. If you hit but, the but product. But it's not in a false dichotomy. It's not experience or product. Like the same way it's not like product or, or um, brand. It's, it's not product or marketing. It's offer. It's the same thing. It's not product or or marketing. It's experience. And exper a product is a huge part of that experience. Yeah, you're not going to rebuy sure. if you – you're not going to rebuy yep. if the product sucks, but you're also not going to rebuy if the the shipping takes four weeks. Like it's sure. all Maybe. the same. If the product's good enough, you will. That's the problem. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to. So ultimately, too long didn't read. I think we're all three saying the same thing different ways. Is that's where I kind of got butt hurt about product and brand. Is that nomenclature bothers me because it is an experience that kind of it's this marketing ecosystem that goes into these things. And to Cody's point, there's different weights right? That different touch points have, but it's all this cohesive thing. And again, I think there's, don't get me wrong. You can definitely have a, a cash grab branding play. Um, but ultimately at the end well, of look the at day, sugar bear hair. that's all they did. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day though, there has to be some value generation within that value generation. You do need to link in some sort of either community or emotional connection or behavioral loop. If not, you're going to get like what the guys are talking about sales, not actually loyal customers that not only want to participate, but eventually want to evangelize your brand. And so I, I think yeah. that's the ultimate end game, but that was the kind of this whole long digression, which is based on, I hate the brand word where it's just this weird kind of i don't know catch all term but then when you don't want to add in the negative stuff you don't talk about that because that's not brand that's product or that's this and you're just like well i mean for fuck's sake like you're just basically cherry picking it's the most what you nebulous need. word like what brand yeah is, like, okay yeah or branding or logos it, so, so let's bring this back to, to 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 building to scale for one quick second and then we can move on i think what we've really touched on here is you can scale a brand in multiple ways you can scale your business 
sorry, Rava, you can scale your business <laughs> in multiple ways. Your business might be built around a flagship offer, a flagship product, a single SKU, or a catalog. But what's most important here is leveraging what you can do best for your unfair advantage in that space. And I think the most important thing is you have to be able to differentiate in some fashion or have the resources to be the same, but just dominate. For instance, Tide is basically the same as Gain or anybody else, but Tide has a seven-figure daily allowable budget for search results mm-hmm. on Google for anything laundry-related. I know that because I brought Persil to market, and I literally couldn't buy anything without bidding 100 to $300 for laundry. Um, so I think with that in mind, what we could agree on here, and I'll use the unit economics of last come as an example, Customer acquisition cost plus COGS versus LTV. Now, I don't know if that's a thing in Triple Whale, but I got to get with you, Rob, offline. Also, I just went live on Shopify. Uh, I, I got your affiliate code, too. I'm an affiliate code, one of my clients, so I get, I get to double yeah. dip. Get a little but sauce, we're talking yeah. like 12 to 24 million a year in revenue. So I'm, Let's I'm go, excited. baby. Um, but that differentiation is vitally important. For instance, the... Cookie for last crumb might cost a dollar to make. They're charging a buck 50 for 12. Now, the likelihood is I probably won't buy a set. I probably won't buy a fourth time. I might get a second for like a gift. I might do Same. something crazy, but like their, their LTV on me is baked in. Not and they only have one product right. and there's no supply. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. If they were $40, I might buy two or three times. Put on subscription. I would. Yeah, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. If I buy three times at $40, the differentiation between LTV, COGS, and CAT is worse. Also, they made more money on me. Yeah, they made more money on me off that first purchase at a buck fifty, where I was fucking stoked and I've been preaching to people about it. So their unit economics works. Now, another brand that I brought from 8 million to 95 million in the health and nutrition space, we launched a $19 product that was worth about 250 and cost us $4 plus shipping, a $49 product. It was basically, do you want to try the product? And if you do, you're probably in on a subscription. Do you know you like this thing, but you're going to try us out? Or do you know you like us and you just want a three-month supply? We basically give you those three options. Now, there's 100 SKUs in the brand, but when we made all paid acquisition down one of these three lanes, it allowed us to customize the customer journey. The customer service is basically built around three different things. And because of that, we could easily scale any one of those levers that we wanted. And if you don't have that mathematics in line before you get going to scale, you're going to hit a platform, you're going to hit a ceiling and I see so many brands that are like, okay, that's a $3 million brand. You're never going to be 20 because you're not willing to embrace that, that margin unit economics as a core of your business. Because you're like, no, we do this thing. Wait, you can do that thing as a nice hobby, but you're never going to be a $50 million brand. Sorry, business. My, my apologies, mm-hmm. Though I'm 100% on board with that. And I think a lot of things that we're kind of skimming over here too is people don't realize the advantage of choosing the right business model. 
Like to your point, athletic greens can spend into the future because they know they have the data and they can see like for people that don't know. So like LTV gets really sketchy with DTC customers because ultimately there's two types of transactions. There's contractual transactions and non-contractual transactions. Contractual transactions are like triple well. You sign for a month or like Zapier. You sign for a month and then you pay your monthly contract fees, blah, blah, blah. It's really easy to understand what the churn is there. When somebody stops paying Mm -hmm. us, that's a churn customer. How do you do it for Jones Road, or how do you do it for Charlie's business? Like a oh, DTC Jones business. That, that's my point. Is like it's <laughs> this guy, this guy. But you guys get what I'm saying. It gets super fuzzy. Is it if they don't buy in three months? If they don't buy in six months? If they don't buy in a year? You get this really. It's hard to calculate the lifetime. And so, um, ultimately, when you have these business model decisions, you can have these advantages, like Charlie said, like that you can't like. Um, I, I literally can't compete because I'm structurally incapable. It's not that I don't want to play with you. It's just my business economics just won't net out if I play your game. And those are the best games to play are ones other people can't win. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so mm-hmm. circling back to this kind of this is the last point is why I think Last Crumb was so brilliant. Who the fuck cares about $40 cookies? I don't. Yeah. But you know what yeah. I do care about? It's really literally crazy fucking experience. Expensive cookies. It's a. I don't know if you guys know what's. It's called. Can, can, can I also good. say one other thing about Last Crumb? They have a VIP membership that's a thousand dollars a year. A thousand people are eligible. That's a million dollars to get pre-order on the hundred and fifty dollar cookies. Right. I mean, it just. Bro, 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 I guarantee you, they got at least a dozen people in there. Like. No, I've heard it. I've heard it's going well. I heard yeah. from from a source that is. Yeah. That I mean, are it's just, that. and they, it's again, it's like a Chick Fil A strategy. They're not even open; they're open yeah, literally yeah. twice a week, and yet then they're just slinging cookies. But, anyways, that's that was just kind of my big rant. Is like I think people are realizing the power of the business model, where yeah. um, you can't beat economics unless you have VC money and you're trying for growth. Like mm-hmm. at yeah. the end of the day, you're just always going to be constrained. Like your your economics are the gravity of your business. If you don't change that, you're always going to be stuck where you are. And I'll say this to, to kind of wrap it up and then we can go to something else to bring that point home too, uh, as another example in my life with uh, 310 Nutrition, okay? So I was the guy for, for, for a long time. When I started, they were, let's, get, let's just politely say five to 10K a day at roughly a two to a three X ROAS on, on a suite of products. I mapped out all this data. And we brought in a vice president from Guthrie Ranker and the CMO, uh, or, or, or a senior level from Textile. And we basically did the math. And instead of a two and a half X on day one, we pushed to a 0.8 on a $19 offer instead of a two and a half at a, a $40 offer. And the net impact was we went from 12 to a Deloitte $95, $95 million uh, uh, offer um, in 18 months because we built the scale on that. Now, ultimately what happened is we hit VC back competition from Huel and a bunch of other people and had too many SKUs, but that's a whole other thing. And I learned a lot from that, but at the end of the day, the math that Rob is talking about is so tremendous. And if you understand that stuff, like that's how you build and, and that's how you ultimately understand what is my customer worth to me? Not how much is a sale worth, but what is my customer worth? 
And if I know my customer, let's use simple math. 20% of my customers stick around, rebuy. Those people that rebuy on average hit five, six orders. Cool. So my average customer is 200 or 120 baked in that whole thing. Well, now you're CAC. If you can allow yourself a, a buck 10 and you have an unlimited acquisition budget because you can just straight up go to the moon with something like that. Um, but yeah, so I, I just, just to bring it home on, on structure and in real world stuff. I mean, I've done that a few times and yeah, you need to know those things. And I feel like so many people miss it. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, at the end of the day, there's really awesome products that are terrible businesses. Just oh, is what it and is. that kills me. And so it just oh, is what so it is. There's so many things I want, so it's like, right? There's supply side innovation or there's stuff where it's like, it costs you too much and people won't pay you. They don't value it enough. Like it's just a bad business and there's no shame in that, but not knowing that or not understanding like, Hey, we need to change our business model to subscription only or something like mud water. Mud water is massive. Like what is it really doing? And it's literally killing it. And the only way you can buy it from them is subscribing. And so what they do is like they drip on you and they, they hit you up and they hit you up, but they won't take your money unless it's a subscription because they know mm. that, oh, this subscription is way stickier. But if I sold it to you in piecemeal, it would just not work out in our economics. And so I think it's just so important. And you're seeing that a lot more now because the cocaine and champagne days are over where people actually like nobody cares about profit when revenue is so high because there's just so much of it. <laughs> like it eventually trickles down. But when the revenue starts to drop and the top line starts to drop, like not as much trickles down to um, the net profit. And you realize, holy shit, what am I doing here? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the horse is dead. We, Cody's <laughs> beat it. Rob has beat it. I've beat it twice. I think, I think we're good. We're good. We're like 16 year olds with the, Huh. With uh, the Sports Illustrated, it's just, it's just beaten to beat the pieces. Uh, let's 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 pivot here for a second. Um, we've all been in the game for a few years, right? Like I started Facebook ads maybe 2013. I know for the both of you guys, you know, years and years in the game. I'm curious what you guys think. Let's do a little prognostication. Let's have a little bit of fun. Let's plant some flags. 2022 predictions for Facebook ads, the ecosystem, whatever's going on. Maybe each of us can tag team one or two of them. Cody, and you want to take this first? Uh, yeah. Like one, yeah. one thing you think is going to happen or something else. Facebook ads or DTC in general? Let's go Facebook ads. I think, I think Facebook ads, because we really hit the D to C infrastructure. Thing. <laughs> like, let's get nitty gritty into the Facebook world for a minute. I think Facebook ads are going to get even more expensive. I think CPMs will go up this year. Facebook is a company. They're, they got their bottom line. They got their top line. Um, I don't see that many new advertisers coming on, especially with, you know, obviously it's, it's much harder to get started. So I don't see new advertisers coming on, um, especially also with TikTok. So they got to make more revenue one way, and that's the best way to do it. I also think, I don't think the attribution is going to get worse. I think we've pretty much stabilized. I think it'll get better. It's never going to be what it was. So, but I think ads will work a little bit better, but they're going to be more expensive. So net is what it is. If you're hoping for Facebook to fix stuff for your business to work, like you got to figure out something else. Yeah. That's what about you, Rob? What do you think? 
Yeah, that's definitely your upper creek if Facebook's your growth strategy. Or if paid media in general is your growth strategy, that is not a good place to be. That's that's like when your agency's telling you, um, oh yeah, we just need to run sales to generate more revenue. It's like, oh, oh shit, son. Run, motherfucker. That's beep, beep, five or fire alarm fires where so if they're constantly oh. wanting to run a sale every two seconds, it's like, dude, the people the reason people aren't buying your products isn't because it costs five or $10 more. There's way more to this than just trying to slough off some of that. Um, anywho, some big predictions. So I think... Um, I agree that I think Facebook ads would be more expensive, but I do think like shout out triple pixel. I think there's going to be some ways to mitigate some of that. And then also just simplification and driving at the three row as level of being just looking at your marketing ecosystem. I do think actually Cody's riding a really big wave right now. I think um, zero party data and quizzes and what Cody's doing where when you have a lot of SKUs and kind of almost going back to what you're doing, Charlie is, you're taking that quiz as a filtering mechanism to then surface mm-hmm. one or two of your best evergreen offers. And like Charlie said, like if those are fantastic and amazing brand touch points, those are the doors you want people to walk through. Experience. You know experience. Gonna, exactly. You know they're going to generate such a fantastic experience. And then even if they buy a second or third product and they're not that happy with it, that first experience was so loud that it won't even matter. Like people don't care about perfection, but they – expect it on the first touch point so i would say that um i think you're going to see a huge uh boon in customization um with stores in terms of especially if they have a broader skew um to really help get people into different products and then upsells as well um and then i think you're also going to see a um really big resurgence in um, trying to foster and build communities, whether that be like NFTs or Web3 stuff, or um, I think you're going to see a lot of resources shift to um, like a lot of people don't have a church to worship at for their brand. And I think that's a really big miss for a lot of brands. And I think a lot of brands are starting to realize this where um, you need to enable your evangelizers. And even like Ash does a great job of this, of just basically getting a bunch of people that love the product and then they just kind of run their own show and Ash will just like kind of do a little helicopter in, drop some product in on them, smile. Thank you, ladies. You guys rock. And then they basically are this huge self-sufficient profit center, essentially. And it's great yep. customer service or customer insights and stuff. So I, I think those are kind of my two things. Uh, I think people are going to really drill down into zero party um, and kind of really start to. Uh, segment their customers in really smart ways, especially with all the stuff Clavio is doing. Um, Shopify has some really cool stuff where you can actually have like custom landing pages, but like Amazon style, like based on the uh, customer profile. Um, so I, I, those are kind of my big two. Uh, I think that that's what's going to happen in this year. Yeah, I, like I, I love it. And, and, and to back the two of those up, just having seen those work previously, those two things, the, you know what Cody you're doing? Like, I was used, I used to run my life, which was like, you know, huge, huge brand. Um, our onboarding process was a video, but it looked like a survey and there was a couple touch points in it. When it was eight and a half minutes to, to nine minutes, that customer was worth four times as much if it was, than if it was under three. Or if it was over 10. Oh, totally. Yeah, every via, yeah. I come from direct response, like true direct response. So like every VSL, the longer it is, the better it converts. Sales yeah. pages, the longer they are, the more friction you put in there, the higher AOV is going to be, higher conversion rate is going to be. And, yeah. and that goes to experience. 
Yeah, and when that, when that first AOV is really high, that LTV tends to also trend along with it. And yeah, I think yeah, the yeah. best brand, the, the brand that wrote the textbook for this, as far as I'm concerned, in my experience, was Textile with Fabletics and Fit Fab Fun. Cause it was like a seven to eight minute long, like survey. You couldn't buy the product. You had to go through that survey. And then based on that, they brought you to one of three options. But you could actually go back in, in mm. incognito mode and do it a million different ways. And you'd always end up with the same, like, okay, this is the thing. And it was <laughs> this is it your was, product. Yeah, it was good. It was good, better, best. It was it was fucking Goldilocks and the three bears. And and I totally agree with that. And I love, you know, the community and stuff, like not to go back to them, but but 310, uh we had a community, I guess it's now up to 400,000 users. Jeez. Drop an offer. You drop a, a new offer, a new SKU in there. It's a $100,000 hit in Shopify in a couple of hours. Done. Easy money. And, and, and there's no acquisition that's needed because now it's growing. It's, and what we did was just try to rip off Weight Watchers, which has been doing it for decades. Um, so my predictions, I'll, I'll, make, I'll make two of them. And then Cody, if you want to get a second one in here, because Rava went too. <coughs> make it fair. Um, I got two. I got two. Number one, I think we will, by the end of the year, see at least a beta, but widespread rollout of straight shopping ads. Facebook pay, in-app, transaction, with the ability with being able to promote that with an app i'm so not entire, you're right but i'm so not excited for that yeah i don't right either i don't there's want there's no experience people. well not only that if you see on the shops ad dude it turns into an amazon where um they'll put other people's shit on your page so you're gonna pay oh, yeah. for an ad impression and you could possibly get got like i don't know yeah, i'm not not, not like super that. amped about yeah, that either I, I just i don't see any way they don't make they don't say, okay, well, we're having our response to Apple blocking what happens outside of the app is yeah. to put the store, is to take yeah. the buy of your product catalog, your Zipify, your whatever app you're using. And Ezra Firestone's going to make a million dollars a day just on the back of people having to use this shit. Like one click upsell. There's a product that sucks and everybody uses it. Anyway, click uh, funnels. Yeah. Russell, we're just gonna start firing shots here. Okay, but my point is, I don't see how that doesn't happen. Um, and you use paid media, that would be an ad unit, a shop button, right? Like it becomes a conversion objective, but that's the ad unit. Yeah. Is straight up like if you were to take that into DPA and smash add to cart last 24 hours, add to cart last. You know, people that, whatever, whatever your thing is, right? And, and Facebook pay, one click. Oh, I got my phone, cool. I double tap. It's my face. Done. It's done in my house. Done. Entire customer journey, Facebook owns all of that. That's their ultimate response to being zero party, right? That's their response to owning the entire, the entire funnel. So I love that. Can I interject? Are you done? Please, please. You, you always have these yeah. very long pauses, so I never know if you're done with your thought or you're just being I, thoughtful I saw you and going, going into yeah, the no, next no. one. I was like, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my old radio days. My bad. So, save it for the radio. Now, so 
ultimately, if I came to you, and so I don't know if you guys knew anybody, but I had some friends that had uh, a bunch of money given to them to run shop or ads directly to shops, and none of them mm-hmm. worked. It, did, did you guys yeah, did any of your friends? There. They're they're horrible. Like they're like, dude, fucking was it, terrible. It was like good, free yeah. money, but like it didn't work out at all. So I, I understand the incentive for Facebook, and it's absolutely the move. But for me as a brand, like this is the equivalent to selling on Amazon. Like why? Yeah, totally. Especially if I have Shopify, Shop Pay and Apple Pay are two of the best, absolutely sensational checkout like experiences. So I just don't, and I'm almost pretty sure in Facebook you still have to add a payment, correct? So this isn't like plug and play. Where if you're in shop, if you're in Shop Pay, like you can buy on anybody's Shopify site. If you're an Apple Pay, your cards are already on your phone. So I, I don't know. I think it's definitely Facebook wants to do it. I just don't like Charlie. If you're running, you know, say a ten, twenty million dollar a year brand, why would you put paid spend behind that versus sh- just put it into your Shopify store? Like, really, what's I, the? I'll be honest. I would, I would do it for bottom funnel and sale campaigns. Like, I would do it when I built intent everywhere else. And I'm just like. I just want it to happen. Like, let me make it easier for you. I don't think I would do it as a, I would not do it as a full funnel effort, but I mean, DPA ads, like I remember I was in the alpha for DPA and it was dog shit every test along the way until we launched it with Macy's and it was like 50,000 products and then, oh, it worked. Right. Sure. And, And, but to your point, I think it'll launch and I think it'll go the way of canvas ads. Everybody will buy in. Everybody will make these microsites to go with it. Charlie. And, and it'll, old. it'll, I, I, okay. I do remember doing For- Activision canvas ads so you can get upgrades in your Call of Duty. Dude. Like two or three or whatever. Like I've been, I've been around for a while. Okay, so. I was just gonna say that these are known was, as instant experiences now, kiddos. I don't, you yeah. kids don't know that the days we used to go through. Uh, yeah, oh, and God. you couldn't and edit you have them. To hire an agency just to build the whole damn thing, <laughs> dude. That was always our last draw. Like when shit was blowing up for the client. When I was at the agency, it was like, hey, Rob, go spin up a canvas ad real quick because there's these beautiful, fucking amazing ad units literally never converted the only time that it even it even came close um was for real estate ads this was really high level real estate and you had like these beautiful things and but it was still like for the work you put into it um it would and it was mobile only so like you the whole desktop inventory not even accessible um but damn did they look cool and you could link them together so you could do this crazy they were so cool but yeah i've never well, here's, in all my yeah. media mind ever gotten them any of them to be any any semblance of performance so here's what i'm gonna do because i want to to wrap it all up and i gotta go in a minute but i'll let, I'll let you guys finish up because we talked about experience and how important that is right i don't want customers to check to check out on facebook so i'm gonna keep our website i'm just gonna use the triple wheel pixel to get all that data that we need look at this guy look at this guy Zing. How, how about that I like it. I like what a way it. to go out on your shield. Seriously, though, no, it's so good. It's amazing so far. So You're if still, anyone yeah. has not checked it out, you need to. Well, Especially if you're buying a multi-channels. Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple. I got, you know, an eight-figure brand or two. I'd like to, to swing your way. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, I, Cody, I know you got to get going. I, I love it. So let me – can you give me – uh, a yes or no if you agree on this other yes. hot take yeah. and then we'll do the we'll do the the outro here i got i got like five minutes we'll, we can do five perfect minutes. Perfect, perfect time so here it is i think that we will 
the machine learning, the mathematical inevitability of machine learning will mean that broad CBO DCTs will all come to where they were in March and far better. The ecosystem will just get smarter because yes, it's using lower quality data, but we're going to be billions, hundreds of billions of dollars and dozens of thousands of trillions of data points. It's just a mathematical inevitability that eventually it will get good enough to deliver what we used to see. Because I was there for the introduction of the conversion event and like the Facebook pixel and how disruptive that was. And it feels so much like iOS 14. Basically some people fought it, some people didn't. The people that didn't fight it are still in business. The people that fought it no longer work in digital marketing. And so that's just, I'm curious to what to see you think about that because I love that you're going simple. I, I love that you DM'd me. You're like, dude, I'm going broad. Like what's happening? Let's do it. Like, I think your ad doing the targeting to find a customer that comes into your ecosystem that will ultimately crush because at some point the amount of mathematical equations that's required to make that work will be reached. And at that point, all targeting becomes obsolete again. Like mm -hmm. it was in January of last year. I don't know. Like, I totally agree with you. I'm definitely going broad. It's what we're having the most success with. And we're just going to keep riding it in that direction. So I definitely agree with you. I, I think, you know, I wrote about it in my newsletter, like a few different reasons. A, it's like time. It's like, let's say even like buying like manually on like interest got us like 10% more efficiency but that's going to take a lot more time that then we're not putting into the creative into our offers and landing pages. So I think our overall efficiency will go down. So even if we get a little mm -hmm. bit better efficiency here, we're going to lose it over here. So I would rather get a little bit worse efficiency from how we're buying, but I'd rather then put our time into what I think is going to get us much more efficiency, which is our creative, our offers and our landing pages. So to me, it's kind of like a time thing. It's definitely again, built to scale. I think it's much more sustainable. If you can get something working on broad, you're going to be able to keep that and just let that run for so much longer and hopefully train the system to actually find you more customers. So I, I think that there's that. And then I also think this kind of wraps, you know, wraps it up. It's like the, you, you need a unique competitive advantage. People's unique competitive advantage used to be that they were good on Facebook. I think if you have a really good business, I'm not saying brand, a really good business with a really good offer where there's customers that really want what you have, Facebook will find them so much easier. It's mm -hmm. a lot harder for Facebook to find people if like, then you have to make Facebook work super, super, super hard. And that just exhausts it. But I would rather just let Facebook figure it out. And I found, I don't know, you know, again, the, the, the tech behind the algorithm, but if you have a really good core business, broad works way better for you. Yeah. And as somebody that does know the tech behind the algorithm, you're 100% correct for one simple reason. Facebook's business model is attention for profit. If your business sucks, you're a liability to their bottom line. It's like if your wife came to you and said, hey, I want X, Y, and Z. And your response was, fuck you. Do you think it's going to work out? But that's how 90% of people buy media on Facebook. So I think we're going to I know you got to go. <laughs> that's I, your I really next course. It.
Yeah, right. Uh, Cody, uh, do you mind uh, taking us out here? How can people find you? What your handles? I've dropped all the description in the thing, but if there's anything you'd like to say unabated before you head out yeah. the door, please let me give of you course. the floor. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This this has been a ton of fun. We should definitely do this again. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's definitely where I'm most active, at Cody Pluff, C-O-D-Y-P-L-O-F. Uh, I just pinned a, a tweet thread uh, just with some of kind of my, my more popular tweet threads. And then also subscri subscribe to my newsletter in my bio where I write about pretty much what I'm thinking and what's going through my head weekly as I'm trying to grow this business. I love it. I love it. Please, please check out Cody, uh, a wealth of knowledge. And I'd love to have you back on it. I think, awesome, man. Uh, you know, you, you got a great mind and, and, and uh, I love what you're doing with the brand. I've been following you guys for a while and it was great that like, oh shit, this, not only is the brand cool, but this guy is cool. And then like you started preaching stuff that got me banned from Facebook groups like five years ago and blocked <laughs> my gurus all over the place. But the thing is, you're way nicer than me. So people love you. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I was, I used to be sit with Robin and be like, fuck this guy, this guy in particular for saying these five things. You're just like, well, this is what's working for me. And we're saying the same thing, but you're, you're just a much nicer person than I am. So I really appreciate I that. I appreciate what that. I, <laughs> I do. Robin, uh, where can people find you? The floor is yours, my man. Take us out for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of going back to a couple of points, Charlie's thing about the uh, Facebook auction, that was like the Facebook newsfeed was absolutely like a Cambrian explosion for uh, advertising in general, uh, paid media in specific. Um, there's a great book called Chaos Monkeys that chronicles the whole thing. It's a super, super fun read. Um, and then the other thing is, if you guys are confused about all this value, blah, 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 there's something called Jobs to be Done, which is a fantastic framework that you can look into and then figure out what jobs need that you're product is solving or service is solving and then really nail down those because that's ultimately it's jobs to be done is like value props on steroids so anywho with those two things dropped off um i'm also on the twitter is at robert ray hill um if you want to get involved with triple well try triplewell.com we also have a phenomenal newsletter uh, that we uh <clears throat> actually um just had cody's uh fantastic post in there um you can get that at try triple whale on twitter it's right on our uh, homepage. just subscribe there and then um yeah thanks for having me on charlie it's always dude i need to keep send. i need to send you a schedule link we need to need to have you at the house please please i, I want to do it and in my travels in this year uh austin is absolutely on the list so we're gonna have to have an in-person like now. it was many chat 2018 Let's go. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Tony, in the spot I don't know now. if you know it, but Raba and I, Raba ran. While we were walking through a convention in 2018. Raba looked over and was like, "Hey, Charlie." And I'm like, "Oh shit, that's that guy that's been following me around the internet because I kept getting <laughs> out of Facebook groups. I'd be in a Facebook group. I would just drop knowledge every single day, basically like tweets, right? But like way before mm -hmm. the DTC Twitter community existed, and I would get kicked out of the Facebook group, and then people would follow me to the next group." And then followed me in the next group. And Rob was like, bro, just make your own thing. Yeah, and I was like, I don't want to. And now it's like 13,000 people. And I was like, I don't want to make a Patreon. And now that like, it's a five figure monthly income. And like, I don't want to do it. Rob has pushed me to do stuff so mm -hmm. much. So I really, really appreciate it, Rob. We, we go people way back. People. I also met Dylan Carpenter there from the, from the back channel. Yeah. So. Austin guy um, as well. Austin guy as well. All right, yeah. Cody, I know you're cool. you're over. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. One okay, more please plug. do it. One, one more, more plug. plug. 
we are hiring for the marketing team in Austin. So if you do want to get on uh, DM me, if you're a high level marketer, content person, or statistician, is that, is that a word? Good at strategy. Sure. I don't know what I'm saying here, uh, but hit me up. R a B a H R a H a L at triple well, um, pretty good money, amazing company. And we need more great people. There you go. There you go. If you want a job, hit up Robba. If you want to look good, hit up Cody. If you want to get really good at Facebook ads and learn from one of the best of all time, hey, look, you can go to apply.facebookdestructor.com and join my MBA program. Um, why not learn from and somebody? Your Slack channel is awesome, too. In revenue. Oh, well, thank you for the Slack channel. Cody, I'm going to send you an invite to the Slack channel right away oh, if you cool. haven't gotten it. Uh, I can't wait to see you there. With all that being said, thank you guys so much. Until next time. Uh, if you are if you're a coffee company, please we want to we want to uh, uh, or liquid death. Send us some send us some cans. I do know the liquid, liquid death, death people. Death. Well, all right. Anyway, all that stuff. I need a sign off. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>